Uh, we'll be reading from the book of Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4 in ESV. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being the same mind, having the same love, being in the full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Pastor Tim. It is, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad I'm here to be able to worship with you. Before we go any further, can we, can we pray one more time? Just bringing ourselves to God at this time. Uh, and I shared with you last week, for those of you who are not there, and Jeanette, our, our praise worship, worship leader, just shared that with us. Bring your baggage here and lay it before Jesus. It sounds good, but when you're actually going through a difficult times, when you're actually broken, when you actually carry concerns and worries and anxieties in life, sometimes we hear that anything more than a theory. Yeah, sounds good. I'll do that when I have capacity to do it. But can we just really slow down once again and bring it to God right now, whatever it is that you have brought to this place? Let's just bring it to Him. God, here I am. With my frustrations, with my worries, the ongoing, unresolved things in my life, I bring it to you and I sit under your word. I wanna read you a passage of scripture from 2 Corinthians. I wanna bless you and our God with this, and I'll pray for us, and we'll, we'll jump right into the word, of the word. Here's from chapter one. Verse 3 and following from 2 Corinthians says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So God, we bring ourselves to you. And we as a community bring ourselves to you. If there's any of us here in need of comfort, in need of encouragement, I pray at this time by the power of the Spirit, through your word, comfort your people. Lift them up. Remind them of your presence. Remind them of your promise. And remind them of the power of the community. We're here to not only worship you, we're here to worship you together as a community. May we become the community that supports one another, that strengthens one another, that becomes one in you together. So at this time, may the words of my mouth and meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your eyes, O oh Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Amen. So uh, last week, I shared with you briefly that um, we're on this short series on Christian resolutions. I, I, I called it a THMC Resolved. Every time I say it, it feels a little corny. But um, uh, basically, the heart is that what do we want to do as a community this year in 2024? Uh, last week, I started off our series with worship. We want to be, specifically, the topic of corporate worship. We want to be the church that worships God together. And today's topic is actually on the topic of community. And what is the Christian community and fellowship about? Well, like I just shared with you just briefly in my prayer, is that Christian community exists firstly to worship God. There's no question about that. That's why we started off our series in the topic of worship. We're here to worship God, but as we worship God, we're also to build one another up and strengthen each other in Christ as a body of Christ. Amen. That's the calling for a church. And I wonder how your heart actually reacted. Right? I, I tend to just rush through my sermon at times, but I really want you to just sort of think about that. What, when you heard that word, the church, the fellowship, the community, how did your heart react to that? You know, for some of you, it might react that, yeah, well, what else is the church about? Of course. Nailed it. Say it. Go for it. I, I'm with you. Right? Church is essential. But for some of us, you might felt like, oh yeah, here you go again. What, can, what other thing I can hear from pastor? Right? Of course you, need, you want people to be involved. You want people to come. Yeah, maybe that's why you're saying it. Maybe for some of us, maybe I'm making it extreme, but you might be saying, community is not really my thing. You know, I tend, I, I, I rather do my... Walk with God just solo. I'm more like that. It's my personality. I'm going to be honest with you. For the longest time in my life, I grew up in a pastor's household. For the longest time, my answer was that literally, my, my wife actually went through my sermon scripts yesterday. and She said, really? You grew up thinking that? Because I literally said, uh, she deleted it. But she said, I put in there, community is not for me. Right? Not my thing. And she said, really? This is way too extreme. Nobody's going to believe you. But uh, really, from the bottom of my heart, I did not believe the power or importance, any meaning for the community. I, I, don't, I don't like it. I get tired, right? Well, here's, a, here's a, my old self sort of supporting this statement is that how many of you going home after worship feeling like, okay. I'm super tired after church. Right? How many of you say like after service, like, okay, I'm so energized to do my day today? No, usually we go home like, oh, okay, church is over. Now I can rest, right? Uh, did you know that a lot of times worship service is considered as rest? Sabbath, finding our comfort and rest in God. How many of you actually felt that, right? This is my old self sort of backing up, you know. Um, I never feel like that. Fellowship, feel training. I'm not really gaining anything. I'm not making money from fellowship. I'm not, make, I'm not learning anything new from fellowship. Just didn't feel practical. Didn't feel helpful. Didn't feel any more than... It just feel, felt like it's, it's just mere social gathering. That's, that's all. But over the past four or five years, in my just personal walk with God, what God has taught me just significantly shifted my perspective on community and fellowship. And it's not an option. That's what I learned. Community and fellowship. It's not an option. It's not depending on your personality. 
It is an essential means by God so that we can be saved in our walk with him. Amen? You want to grow? You want to continue this journey? You want to keep running this marathon in Christ, with Christ? You need Jesus. And you need the church. Amen? That's, that's, that's something I had to learn in my own walk with God. And it is my prayer for us as I begin this message is that we will become a community in Christ, led by the Spirit, that will lift one another up, that will strengthen one another up, that will pray for one another. Right? Just because we're here doesn't mean that we're one, we're the community. We have to be built up together. We're being built up together, First Peter says. Right? And that's my prayer for us as I start this, uh, this sermon. And that's the point of, that's the outline I have for us as I just sort of kind of hinted, is that what kind of community do we need to be as people of God? We need to be the community in Christ. Our root is in Christ. And our character is led by the Spirit. In Christ and by the Spirit. And that's the, that's the outline, that's the trajectory. The first thing we see is that in Christ, that's the community we are. That's our identity. Christ is a foundation of the church. Amen? Christ is a foundation of the church. That's why we're here as a church community. It's not a bowling club. It's not a, you know, we're, we're not sharing any common interests. It's okay. We're still worshiping. Now. We're still brothers and sisters because we're in Christ. And that makes us church. It means, like I said, church community is much more than just gathering, meeting once on Sunday or just twice a week or just doing things together, homeless ministry. No, it's much more than that. Being in Christ and being in the church together means that we are in one in Christ and that makes us brothers and sisters in the household of God. That's identity, right? It's more than gathering. It's about our identity. God created us for unity with him. We broke it, but then he redeemed us again. How? And for what? For unity again. He created us for unity and he redeemed us for unity Firstly, with him, so that we can be with one another. So he created us and saved us so that we may be in harmony with one another. And the community is where God's love is more tangibly manifested. And his peace and his rest are to be found when it's deeply rooted in Christ. Right? Like I said, it's not, the church doesn't build up overnight. So just because I, I said it, that's because we all know it. Yeah, it's about being together and being one in Christ doesn't mean that it's going to happen overnight. It's a constant struggle, constant fight for unity. We choose to be one as Jesus fought to save us, to bring us to his own. But if we're honest, like I said, churches a lot of times don't feel like a perfect place for unity. A lot of times, if anything, if you grow up at church especially, churches a lot of times feel like it's a busy place, right? We have things to do, responsibilities this, this month. I've been trying to establish leadership. I've reached out to, uh, to sort of a few members, and I've been praying. Again, that's another responsibility to take on, right? A lot of times we just come here, do things, and then we go home. We're busy, busy, busy. And a lot of times there's some comparisons involved. There's some social tensions involved. Personality needs to be in some ways to feel like sometimes to survive in a church setting. Because if anything, this is a social gathering after all. People are involved. Energy is taken away, right? 
And that's how we feel so many times, right? And like I said, think about how many of you go home and feel like, whew, church is over. Now my day begins. If we're we're honest, that's how we feel a lot of times. And it was very similar in the life of the Philippians, um, the believers in 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 the city called Philippi. The church community, they had divisions. They had some issues. And that made them sort of feel drained and tired. It wasn't all that severe, all that terrible. The church was far from perfect, though. It was for sure. The church had struggles. And that's why Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter, repeats the foundation of the church. Repeat, just, he does it throughout the letter. This is not the first time. He just does it since the beginning of chapter 1 all the way to the end of the letter. He just says, our identity we're in Christ. We're in Christ. We're in Christ. That makes us one. That makes us the church. That's who we are. And another thing that we see here is so if there's any encouragement in Christ. Right? And notice Paul doesn't say if you find any encouragement in leadership. If you find any encouragement in the praise team. If you find any encouragement in the sermon or just fellowship in general. He's not saying any of that. Paul is reminding us that Christ alone is where we find encouragement. It's the source of the reason why we're here, the source of the reason why we continue to strive to be the church that God has called us to be, because of Christ alone. What do we have in Christ? Well, we have the whole gospel. He came in a human flesh, and he took on the, uh, the cross for us, and he died for us, he shed blood for us, and resurrected for us, and he promises coming back again for us. The whole gospel is available for us. But when you think about the community and the practicality of it, what I want to emphasize is his humility that started in his incarnation, that he came in human form. You know, right uh, after our passage, this is what Paul says, have this mind among Yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. It says, Christ humbled himself to the point of death on the cross. And what does that teach us? Practically, if we want to live out this truth in our lives as a community, what does it teach us about community? And as I was thinking about Christ's humility and the practical application when we apply into our community, it reminded me of actually my mother's advice uh, the night before my wedding. Um, it was like 11 o'clock, I was kind of nervous, I couldn't sleep, and she, was a little, you know, she wasn't asleep, everybody else went to sleep, and we're just talking. We have a really close relationship. And then my mom is not an advice-giving kind of person. She, she sort, I don't remember last time she gave me any type of advice, but this is the time she said, actually she said it, hey son, I have an advice for you. Cool, all right, I'm ready, tell me. And she said, just remember... When you get into an argument with your wife, don't try to win an argument. Don't, don't try to break it down. Don't try to fight. Don't fight for the sake of winning because then both of you are losing. Right? And I didn't 
I thought I got it. <laughs> I thought, yeah, of course, I'm not going to fight for the sake of it. And I, actually, this past week, we turned, we had our five-year uh, anniversary. And after five years of living together, I don't think I so nailed it. And we actually fought twice this, this week, and it was a pretty ter- terribly challenging week for me. Right after we had our anniversary, But one thing that just left me, that advice left me with, was that when you're trying to win for the sake of winning, you're actually both losing. And when I was thinking about the community this week, and that sort of gave me the same or similar application. When we are trying to be better than others in the community, thinking that I am better, therefore you need to listen to me. I'm here to be served, therefore you need to serve me we're actually both losing. The whole community is losing. Christ's humility teaches us that even though he was better, he didn't break us. Even though he knew better, he didn't just call us stupid. Even though he was the one who was to save us, he didn't break us to save us. He was broken for us. Right? He didn't pierce us with words and say, like, no, you're wrong. He was pierced for us so that we can be restored in him and through him. And that's the community that we are called to be. And humility is the one at the foundation of our community. Dwight, do you, do you feel like I, uh, you, you know things better? Do you feel like you need to be served? Or sometimes we get bombarded with these ideas, like, oh, church is here to serve me. But the gospel, what Jesus' humility does, is that it makes us rephrase that question and ask, what does the church need? What do the people here and brothers and sisters need? What can I do for them? Because that's exactly what Jesus did for us. And that's what the humility does for us. So we're not to be served, but we're to serve one another. We're not to point fingers at others' faults to prove we're right, We're to embrace and love one another. And says Paul, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Brothers and sisters, let's not be masters in life. Let's not be masters over one another in church. Let's be servants. Amen? That's who Jesus is. That's what he did for us. And that's who we need to be. That's the life that we're taking. That's the life that we are living. So we are to be rooted in Christ and learn from his humility and practically. How should we apply Christ's humility to our community and fellowship? If Jesus is the foundation of our community, the Holy Spirit is the guide for practicing and to living that out in every detail of our church community. And that takes us to the second point. By the Holy Spirit. You know, to simply say it, whatever we do as a community, we are to practice it relationally because that's the character of the Holy Spirit. We are to do it, whatever you do, do it relationally for the sake of one another. Look at me uh, in verse one says, for if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, right? Who is participating in the Spirit? Who is he talking about? Us, the believers in Christ. But why are we participating in his work? Does the Spirit need us? 
Can he not work without us? Is that why he's making us participate in his work? No, that's not true. He doesn't need us. If we don't worship him, the stones and the rocks and the creation will worship him. He doesn't need us for anything. But I want you to ponder what it means to participate in the work of the Spirit. How can a finite being like us, and in many ways imperfect communities like us, can participate in the infinite person of the Spirit of God? And that's where we learn the character of the Spirit is relational. He invites us to work with Him, to walk with Him, even though He doesn't need us. Being relational doesn't mean being selfless. It doesn't always mean being selfless, right? We can be relational for our own sake, right? Like I said, if Holy Spirit really needs us, right? He can be relational with us. Hey, I need you, I need you, let's do this together, right? But he can be self-centered. But there's another thing we learn about the Holy Spirit is that he is relational, but he is also selfless. He's other-centered. He's not for himself. That's who he is. That's the, generally, that's what he does, right? If you remember from John 14, right before Jesus went, uh, took the cross, and he said, Holy Spirit will come, but what he will do is not that he won't point, to, point you to himself, says, I am the Holy Spirit, Worship me, look at me, follow me. What the Holy Spirit does, look to Jesus. Look to the Father. That's the person you need to worship. So Holy Spirit will constantly glorify Jesus and his ministry and his life and his cross. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So the Spirit will lead us and remind us of Jesus' humility, how to practice it. In the, in the, in the context of the church. Right? And what he means is that we're to constantly ask the Spirit for guidance and wisdom. Sometimes, and this is something I learned in my seminary years, it's called practical theology. And one of the things I learned, and that sort of driven me away from living the Spirit, it might be controversial, but this is my take on, is that, hey, when you see that there's an absolute need, and somebody is in, somebody's hungry, somebody's in need, what are you waiting for? What do you have to pray for? Just go for it. I thought that was the right thing to do for the longest time. Yeah, if people are hungry, if people are in need of something, don't think about praying. Don't pray. Just go and help. But at one moment, I thought, no, I need to pray before I make a move. Even if it's obvious need there is. Even if somebody's in need, yes, of course. Whatever I give, it'll help that person. Yes, I can do that. But yet, what I learned And what the scripture is telling us, I believe, is that pray. Ask the Spirit, Lord, how can I help? Instead of just, okay, there's a need I see, I'll just do it. Even even in the span of 30 seconds or 40 seconds, pray, Lord, I want to help. I don't know exactly how I should help, but you know better, so lead me, God. Empower me, help me to really, truly help this person, help this community help my brothers and sisters, or people around me. That's what we need to do when we feel lost. Not just when we feel lost or when we are in need of job or when we are in in struggle with our spouse or when we need wisdom. Not just when we need those things, but even when we do what's good and what's biblical, when when things are obvious to us, even then pray, Lord, I need you. Spirit of God, lead me. Homeless ministry is coming up on Saturday, right? We're going to, yeah, some of you will probably be there. 
we're, we're, we're going to be handing out uh, hamburgers, I heard, and we're going to be helping out. Yeah, people are hungry. Of course, it's the right thing to do. But we need to pray. Ask the Spirit, how can I truly minister to them? How can I truly help them? In my mind, maybe handing out the hamburger might be the best thing to do. But as I do that, Lord, how can I help? What kind of heart do I need to have before I go in there, go there, and then do things? How can I be prepared? Right. You know, when I was in college, uh, I don't know how to say it, I was poor. I was just extremely poor. Um, at one point, because I had no food to eat, I had shingles, and doctor asked me a series of questions. He says, Did you, have you been eating properly? No. Have you been sleeping well? No. Have you been exercising? Yes, I had to because I, I was riding a bicycle about uh, seven miles every day without eating anything. So I was extremely tired, extremely poor, so I had shingles. It was pretty tough, a, a spiritually very fulfilling times because when, you're, you know, you're, when your health and your life sucks, that draws you to God. So I had a really good time with God, but my life was just in the bottom of everything. Um, and, uh, one morning, I was taking... Uh, Interterm class during the winter season. We're, we're in California, so if I say to my friends or my family in Korea or other countries or other states, they say, you're in California, it doesn't get cold, yet it gets cold, it's freezing cold. Um, I, my class was in 7 in the morning, I had to ride a bicycle, I was, I was dreaded, I was afraid to wake up, and I was just not even asking, I was just, God, I don't want to go. And my friend, my housemate back then, good friend, good friend, asked me, hey, Tim, uh, are, are you going to school? Yeah. Oh, good, because my new job is actually on the way, so I can just drop you off. Hallelujah. Yeah, okay, I'll go with you. So he dropped me off, and I had to stay there for a long time, so I was there at 9 o'clock, and he called me at 9. Hey, are you still at school? Yeah. I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm going home right now, so I can just speak up. Oh, my gosh, God, thank you. It went for full semester, and I had no, I didn't even ask how that works out. But later what I learned was that his work actually was not on the way to school. His work was actually the opposite way. And then he had no reason to pick me up. He actually just came, he actually was at home. I didn't know that because I wasn't working for a company, anything. I, I thought, because I'm so Korean, I thought, oh yeah, people just get up from work at 9 o'clock at, uh, at night, right? So okay, that makes sense. He was done at 3 o'clock, and then he was there, waited for me, and then he called me when I didn't come home. Hey, are you, are you still at school? Hey, uh, I'm on my way to home, so I'll just pick you up. Later, 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 I learned that he had no reason to do that. But, you know, what I learned was that when I asked him, why did you do that? Why didn't you tell me? He said, well, I knew that you weren't going to take my offer if I told you honestly. He knew my personality. And then he knew that I'll be terribly sorry and embarrassed because I used to say sorry all the time for anything. <laughs> sorry, 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 I'm sorry. Right? I, didn't, I didn't want you to say sorry. I didn't want you to be sorry. That was the right thing to do, I believe. And I pray that it was the way to serve you. So I just did it. Right? Sometimes, even when we do the right things, if we don't pray, if we just mindlessly give, there you go to a homeless person or to somebody in need. Yeah, I have it. You, you're in need. I'll give it to you without praying. We might be missing out. We're important ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
if we pray to God, pray to Spirit, Spirit, I don't know exactly what this person needs. Who knows? Yes, I, I, if he gave, he gave me money for taxi or Uber, yeah, I would have taken it. I, I might have felt terrible. And he is right. If he offered me, honestly, my work is the opposite, but I, I'm willing to drop you off at school every day. He did that every day for the rest of the semester, for about four months, five months. Yeah, I, I probably, I probably would have taken it down. No, I, I, I'm not going to take that. I can't do that. Right? You know, I, I'm sharing this story because we need what we need as believers and what we need as a community is more than just giving and serving. We need to go more than simply serving, but to think about what the other needs. Oh, good news: the Holy Spirit is relational. He knows better. So ask the Spirit, what does this person really need? How can I help this person? How would you want me to help this person? So as we act out in service for one another, within the boundary of the church or outside, it's not just be content in doing it, saying that, oh, I did it, I will do it. But ask the Spirit, God, what does this person need? Then notice what flows out of that participation in the work of the Spirit. Pay attention to all these descriptions. Uh, Once again, it says, if there's any encouragement in Christ, comfort from love, participation in the Spirit, any affection, any sympathy, right? Sympathy, affection, love, encouragement. This is not something we can just make for other people to feel. This is what the Spirit does. Such unity is a community. Such unity, such service, led by the Spirit. What it does is that it it brings up the community. It brings up one another, and it completes our joy in one another. It's life and soul. See, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. And every church community is going to end up in one of two. And we, might, we might think in different ways, but really I believe every church community is either going to end up with full of joy or full of hatred. It's either or that. If we're not full of joy, it's going to be full of hatred. So I want to ask you, where's your heart towards brothers and sisters in this community this afternoon? Where's your heart? Are you finding some comfort in thinking that at least I'm at a better place than he or she, at least I'm better? Are you being content thinking that at least I serve the church more than she or he does? Or do you measure what the church can do for you? Is this a right community for me? When I hear that, a lot of times, it's not, that, that question is not related to God. It's a lot of times it's just related to my ego. Is this this church going to serve me well? Are you only thinking about what the church can do for you? I pray that our community will be rooted in Christ and his gospel humility. Amen? I pray that we will be rooted in that. He humbled himself. He served us. So may the gospel of Jesus and ministry of the Spirit move us to ask How can I serve my brothers and sisters? How can I pray for them? Oh, that brother or that sister today looks tired. 
upset, maybe in need of prayer. Or maybe they look fine, but I, I wonder if the Spirit may be leading me to pray for that person. You know what? I'm going to initiate. I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going to pray for this person. Maybe you're not going to pray for that person, you know, verbally right in the front, but maybe I'll just pray for them tomorrow. And let's not moralize it. And all these things you might be feeling like, okay, Pastor Tim, I'll be a better person. That's, that's what you're saying. No, no, that's, not, that's not moralize it. The gospel is not about being nicer or being, being uh, what is it called, better version of yourself. I hear that a lot, right? Just, I'm trying to be a better version of myself every day. Yeah, I'm, I'm better than yesterday. No, the gospel is about being Christ-like. Amen? The gospel is about being like Christ. That we need to first learn from our Lord Jesus who so loved us, so he humbled himself to a point that he became one of us. He lived a life. And he lived a life that we should have lived. And he took the cross that we should have taken, where we should have died. And he rose again so that we may live eternally with him. That's our Lord Jesus. Becoming like him, we got to talk to him. we got to ask him. And may the spirit of Jesus and minister the spirit be evident in our community. And that's the prayer for, for us. That's my prayer for us. And that's the, whatever we do, that's at the foundation of all of it. We are in Christ. We're being led by the spirit. Homeless ministry, establishing leadership, praising, or praise night, or prayer night, Bible reading, whatever we do, we're doing it for the glory of God in a way that will build one another up, strengthen the community. Lord Jesus, make us one. Lord Jesus, complete our joy in you by the Spirit of God. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. For the community that you have given to us. We recognize that in so many ways we are inadequate. We're not good enough in many ways to make this one, make this community work. But Lord, you are the one who brought us together. So I pray, Lord, at this time that you grant us grace. That you give us eyes and hearts to serve one another as you have. So as a praise team will come up this time, would you just continue to pray? And I want to invite you to just lift up this community. If the Spirit prompts you to pray for a specific person here in the community, go ahead and do that. Lord, I pray for so-and-so. I know where he is. I know where she is. Or if the Spirit prompts you, but you have no context of the person's life, just lift that person. Lord, I have no idea what he's or she's going through, but you know. Lord, would you lead me to pray for this person? Would you allow me to bless this person? And that's where, the, that's where unity starts. Lift up one another. Lord Jesus, I lift up my brother and my sister to you now.